Welcome, welcome back to the podcast, She Can Talk. I am your host, Colleen, a.k.a. Gongly MC on Instagram. If you're looking for that music, if you want to see what we're up to, see what we're going to be dropping, what we dropped recently, or if you want to book us for a show, you go over to Gongly MC on Instagram. If you want to see what I've been cooking, what I've been sourcing and tossing, you can go over there to Colleen Eat Wings as well on Instagram. You can just keep it simple and go over to www.doerecords.com and you can get it all. So, um, how have you been? Ooh, child. I know I said it was a back-to-back double feature, but this is the f- double feature <laughs> from a week or two ago. So, bear with me, guys. I had to get through a storm. Not saying that the storm helped me up because that just came through and blew through this week. And we're safe. Thank you, Jesus. No damage, no nothing grateful for that no power loss no loss of life in our area so i'm grateful for that um i went to the wu-tang concert last week uh epic 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 if you if wu-tang comes to your area and i say the wu-tang concert but it's the new york state of mind tour so it has nas it has wu it has buster i heard that met the man actually wrapped up his movie and he's finishing up the leg, the last leg of the tour with Wu-Tang. So I didn't unfortunately get to see Method Man in Tampa here, but any of you guys that are still ticket holders waiting for them to come to your town, you are in luck because Method Man will be joining the crew. So it's, you know, it's a great show. Despite Method Man not being there, epic, epic show. You can go over to my TikTok, which is Original Gongoli. Oh, I forgot I had a TikTok, huh? But you can go over there if you want to see some highlights as far as what I captured from the show or any other stuff. Pretty interesting things, right? So, um, yeah, I'm going to just jump into it. As you can see by the title of this episode, it's called Twin Mirror Syndrome, a.k.a. The Notorious Big Daddy. So, of course, you know, well, let me bring that back. It's called Twin Mirror Syndrome slash The Notorious Big Daddy. All right, and follow me because these two topics will gel and be a nice segue from one to the other. So recently, you know, I'm a, I'm a avid fan of supporting, you know, YouTube bloggers, um, just anyone in podcasting as well as MCs, indie artists in particular. I love all music, but you know, anything of the arts, anything that anyone wants to do to support themselves. I, um, recently seen a YouTube video. This girl was talking about twin mirror syndrome. And I was like, you know, based on this description of the video, I was like, you know, I think I've been a victim of this. Let me watch this video. So in the video, she went on to say how, um, twin mirror syndrome is when you have a friend, it could be a relative, but someone that latches onto you and mirror what you do. So they like, say, if you wear your hair a certain way, they'll style their hair a certain way. If you wear certain sneakers or certain outfits, they'll literally come out the house with your same outfit on. And, um, it's a gradual thing. So it's not something that you just wake up one day, like, oh my God, why are you dressed like me? It's something that gradually happens and you'll feel crazy. Like, am I bugging out? And you kind of feel bad for even thinking that this person is thinking like a fucking serial killer, <laughs> but they really are. So at first you'll start to feel guilty yourself for being like, Hmm, am I bugging out? Or is this person hitting me with the single white female syndrome? That's what I used to call it. But the real name for it is twin mirror syndrome. So let me ask you, have any of you had friends or a friend that was like really, really cool or close, or maybe not even because in my instance, in my case, this person and I were not close and it was really more out of empathy 
that I started hanging out with this person, I felt like, you know, okay, I, no one really wanted to hang out with them. People were always like, oh, my God. I kind of always was like, ah, don't bring them around type of stuff. And I felt bad for that person. So I was like, nah, you know, they're all right. And we'll bring them around. After a while, um, and you know, this is when I had um, locks. So after a while, this person started to grow locks. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm always about, infor- you know, promoting natural hairstyles and natural living to my, you know, fellow black women. So I was like, yes, welcome to the motherland. Anyone who has encountered me when I had locks will tell you that I was always, in, you know, encouraging women to go natural. And, and welcome to the motherland. Come on over, guys. Like, be natural. So I didn't take that as a first sign of, like, the twin mirror syndrome. But um, just gradual things. I remember my um, aunt said to me one day, my family was in town visiting, so we like had a whole get together, and this one friend was the only person that was there other than family, right? And so my family pulled me to the side. I was like, "Hey, what is your friend doing here?" And I was like, "Oh, you know, they they're chilling. Like, they don't really have a lot to do, and you know, just hanging out." My aunt was like, "I'm gonna tell you now, that girl wants to be you, and she wants to be, she wants everything you have." And I found that hard to believe because I said to myself, like, I'm a starving artist. I have nothing. I'm not even driving a brand new car. Like, you know, I work, live, check to check. Like, yeah, right. Plus, this girl has a very well-off family that, you know, takes care of her financially. So why would she want to be me? Like, I'm in the struggle. She's not, you know. But my aunt was like, mark my words. And if I were you, I would stop, you know, hanging out with this person because they want everything you have, Right. I'm like, no, that was a big ass red flag. My auntie is like the Oracle. Okay. Big ass red flag. But I still was like, no, no, she, you know, still feeling sorry for them or feeling empathetic towards their plight of like, why does no one want to be around them type of thing? So uh, here I am taking it upon myself to, you know, okay, no, I'll take you in the wrong wing. We're cool. You're cool type of thing. Then I started noticing, like, say, if we would go to the mall or whatever. And, you know, just like I said, this was a point in time in my life where I didn't really have a lot of money. Right. I'm working, living paycheck to paycheck. So a lot of my checks went to rent, to bills. And if I had five dollars after the end of that, I was grateful in life, you know, type of thing. So I'm not going to lie. A lot of these days, you know how it was back in the days. You walk around the mall, you do window shopping. You're like, oh, these are cute. These are nice. Or when I get paid next week, I'm going to come back and get those. You know how it was when you were young. So one day I remember, cause I'm a sneakerhead, even now as a, as a fully grown adult, <laughs> I have a room full of sneakers, a room dedicated to sneakers and they're like on display type. Yeah. And it's the overflow room. Anyway, I love sneakers. I'm a sneakerhead, right? So I saw some sneakers. I can't even tell you what they were like in particular or whatever, but I was just like the colors. Cause you know, I'm Jamaican. So I love like bright colors, flashy colors. I'm like, yo, those are dope. I'm going to come back for those on payday. And so it's just me and this girl in the mall. And I said, I'm going to come back for those on payday. She didn't say nothing like she even liked them or anything. Right. She was just like, okay, cool. You know, we kept on shopping and, and really not shopping, really just window shopping. So literally walking around the mall, looking at stuff, and you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. So hindsight, I realized that she was really looking at me to see what I liked, what I picked up, what I liked, right? She didn't buy anything. I didn't buy anything. The very next day, she came to my house with the sneakers I said I was going to buy when I got paid. That was probably the first 
big red flag for me, like without anyone saying, Hey, this person, you know, wants to be you or this person, you know, without anyone saying that to me, that was my first time saying, wow, this is, this is real, you know? So yeah, is you know, as time went on, you know, cause I'm not going to go to the whole big thing of, you know, everything they did tit for tat, but as time went on, I come to the conclusion that this person had a mental dis disability. That's the only way I could look at it because really, you know, they were like trying to metamorphosize into me. Like if they think I was going to wear like a flower shirt today, they would pull out that same exact flower shirt and wear it and try to style their hair like mine. It was fucking crazy. So grateful to God that, you know, I'm out of those type of living situations or you're not even cause I didn't live with them or whatever, but you know, out of those type of friendship, quote unquote situations or experiences and just around authentic people that are, are quality and true to themselves. But I always used to say to myself, like, what's wrong with, what was wrong with that person? Was it mental? Were they mentally incapable of understanding what they were doing? Like, or were they like, like single white female? Were they really crazily obsessed with trying to take over my life, you know? So from time to time, I used to think about it because I just never understood it or never really could be able to explain what I had, you know, been through to anyone. And then sometimes when you're telling people that, like literally we had like mutual friends and I would try to tell them what's going on. And I felt like I was being pulled into a type of, competition and my friends were like our mutual friends were the judges you know like well she said this and you said that so we'll just see like you know like I'm not even in competition with this girl how did we end up here type of thing right so what I had to do was just back myself away like remove myself from the situation by any means necessary so I did remove myself from the situation best decision I ever made right and so just years have passed forgot about them until I saw this YouTube video and broke down the, you know, scenarios of, you know, if you've been through this, if you've been through this, if you experienced this, it could be a high probability of twin mirror syndrome. They even say the words and the verbiage that these people will use will let you know red flags immediately. So for example, um, some of the scenarios, you know, like they said, like, like I gave you my story, like, you know, it, it gradually started where, you know, like, Let's go to the mall so we could, you know, window shop. But in reality, you were going to the mall to pick up on my taste to see what I liked. And then you went back like literally the same night and bought everything, you know, that you thought I liked. Then um, even, you know, even guys, if they were like, oh, I think that guy is cute, then she would like go out her way to go get that guy because I thought he was cute, you know? And then after a while it became like a, a, a game to me. Like I was to say wild shit and do, you know, wild shit just to see what you would do. And it would, and it never failed. So that was my story. But as I was, you know, watching this video, the girl was saying how, um, she had one situation where, you know, her, um, daughter had passed away and she had like a memorial, you know, in her house to her daughter that passed away. And it had her daughter's birthday up there, of course, her death date. And, you know, it was like a plaque, I guess, on her wall. So she's, a, you know, she met this girl. They became friends. And the girl was like, oh, my God, my daughter, you know, passed away, too. 
And so, you know, that's called trauma bonding where you have, where you can bond over some type of trauma. So she instantly bonded with the girl like, oh, wow, you had a daughter that passed away. And she started to feel empathetic towards her, putting her feelings on the back burner, which is like what I did, you know, like, I'm like, you know what? There's people out there that needs more empathy and more caringness. I'm going to be nice to her, you know? So this is what she did. She became nice to the girl. They became friends. She started to see after a while, the girl started dressing like her. The girl started like telling people, you know, that she knew like her, like basically hanging out with her friends, like say she introduced her to people. She started hanging out with her. Then she started telling people that her daughter died on her daughter's death day. And she was like, just, she had to research and go back into her Facebook page and go back because, you know, they became recent friends. So she wasn't her friend at the time her daughter died. So she went back. And try to see if she had anything in there about a daughter or anything in there about a daughter dying or, you know, and what day did she die on? Come to find out she did have a daughter. Her daughter did die, but not on the same day. This girl started basically um, embodying the other girl's, you know, trauma or whatever because I guess people loved her. People was giving her attention. So she just was like, like basically took over her dead daughter and said, Hey, her birthday is, you know, this day, her death day was this day and used the girl's, you know, daughter's dates for it. So stuff like that, that's a weird twisting one. Like that didn't happen to me. Like what? That's crazy. Mine was more so like the single black female. Like this person was trying so hard to be my doppelganger that you would see, you know, like if you see them, you'd be like, Oh man, I thought you were Colleen real quick. And I'm like, oh, everyone says that. They say that we look alike. You know, that type of weird shit, right? And that's one of the signs that um this psychiatrist said on YouTube. They said, you know, some of the things that you can you can spot with these type of people that going through the twin mirror syndrome, they use the word like, oh my God, it's like I'm looking in the mirror when I'm looking at you. We, we look just alike, you know, or they'll say like, oh my God, you're like my twin. We have the same personality and they'll be trying every day that they're around you to convince you that you guys are the same. And, you know, if you're like myself, you'll be like, whatever, bitch, no, we're not. But then you're not going to really be mean about it. But bitch, no, we're not. I don't look like you ugly in a fucking face, bitch. Like, you know, but you don't want to be mean. So you just be like, whatever. You know what I'm saying? They keep it moving. But they say that's the wrong thing to do in those cases where you see someone saying that to you and someone keeps on pushing that agenda of like, hey, you're my twin. Hey, oh my God, it's like I'm looking in the mirror. Oh my goodness. You know, any of that type of stuff nip it in the bud because they are crazy. And then what she, um, what the psychiatrist broke down, which I thought was very interesting. They said nine times out of 10, if you go back into those, that person's childhood, you'll find some type of restriction or some type of limitation that was placed on them by their family. So they were allowed to express themselves. So as a result of not being able to express themselves, they were not able to find their voice or find their identity. So when they meet people who are freely expressing themselves, who are free, you know, to be themselves and to, you know, being comfortable in their skin and, you know, just doing whatever they want to do. That's a person that they start to admire 
And then they figure, hey, if I can just copy and paste their traits onto myself, then I too can be that person. Not like that person, but that person. I can be you, you know? And I saw that and I was like, wow, that's really interesting because I could see that. You know, like, like, you know, the case in which I was the victim of that, I can see it where it was limitations. It was no expression of self. There was no individuality in this person. But, um, me on the other hand, you know, I'm, you know, if everyone's going left, I'm going right. You know, if everyone's wearing, um, socks, I'm going to throw on stockings. If everyone's wearing Timberlands, I'm going to wear cowboy boots. That's just always how I've been. I've always been you know, beating some, you know, I beat to my, I walk to the beat of my own drum. There we go. I said it. So if you meet me, you know, you would definitely be like, yo, she's eclectic. She's different. She's not everyone's cup of tea. And I'm okay with that. And, you know, some people will be like, I don't got time for that. And, you know, or some people just accept you as you are like, that's clean, you know, and she's, that's her unique personality. But then some people can become obsessed with you to the point that they want to be you. They want to dress like you. They want to eat the foods you eat. They want to travel to the places you traveled just in hopes of being like, wow, I'm in, you know, Florida, Colleen lives in Florida. Wow. I went to Jamaica. Colleen's from Jamaica, you know, and like in their mind, they're like, I wonder what Colleen would do if she was here. Like, you know, and they try to emulate that craziness. I've never even thought that was a real thing until I saw this video, but look it up guys, look it up. And, um, it's freaking scary. It's freaking scary that as I was reading through the castle, you know, the video is very informative, but as you're reading through the comments and you see so many victims or so many people that have been victims of twin mirror syndrome, it's sad because it lets me know that there's so many people that lack identity of self out there. And then what happens is, which was a very interesting point that the doctor or the psychiatrist made on YouTube was, um, those people, like, let's say you get out of the way, you get out of their crosshairs and they're like, okay, because normally they say nine times out of 10, that person will be so obsessed with you until they feel that they've achieved being you. And then once they achieve being you, they don't need you. So they're going to slander you. They'll back, you know, talk bad about you. They'll make, they'll actually even make people believe that you're copying off of them. And that's where, like, for example, in my case, when we had mutual friends, mutual friends was like, oh, well, we'll just see because, you know, and, and turned it into a competition. And I'm like, how did I end up here? Because I don't compete with my friends and I'm not, this was crazy. But, um, They'll convince other people that they were the original and you are the duplicate. Yeah, that shit was amazing. Because I, you know, when you see that it has a name for it and you see that this is something that people really do, it just makes you feel less crazy in the world. Like, I know I'm not crazy, you know. And I know I'm not crazy because the ancestors already put me on and already told me what it was, right. So that was interesting in itself. But to see this video and then to... in particular see all the comments from everyone saying like yes this is real like this happened to me at my job this happened to me with my aunt this happened with me with my sister this happened with me with my best friend from high school like you see the list goes on and on of people but that were just going in about this and saying how they were victims of this right and then um they they always say how they the, the person who's doing the twin syndrome, the twin mirror syndrome will always try and gaslight you or gaslight the victim into believing like 
you know, basically trying to convince you like, hey, this is me and you've been biting off of me. It's crazy. It's a fucking crazy thing. But look it up. All that to say is needless to say, like it is a mental issue. It's mental, which I always knew it was. And everyone that, you know, was around me during that time frame always was like, that bitch crazy. We always knew it was. But to really see it now, you know, and to really see that they have a clinical term for it. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not fucking crazy. But um, one of the things, some of the things that, you know, they say like red flags to look for. Like, you know, when they start dressing like you, um, they start saying stuff like, oh, my God, we think alike. Oh, my God, we're like twins. Oh, my God, looking at you is like looking in the mirror. Those are all red flags to run exit stage left because they're obsessing with you they are focused on you and they're studying your mannerisms they're studying how you dress what you like to eat who you like you know anything that's you know uh, gonna stick out to you as your characteristic and make you unique they're going to suck it up and they're going to try to study it so they could get an a on their exam for impersonation yes honey so I wanted to just share that with you because I thought that was really interesting. And I'm so happy to know that 10 plus years later, I was able to figure it out what it really was. Cause you know, sometimes, and that's the thing, a lot of the people that were saying, Oh my God, this happened to me, whatever. They felt like it was something wrong with them, myself included, because that's what would happen. They would gaslight you and have you feeling like you're crazy and they're, they've been like, I've always been unique and eclectic. I've always been funny and cool. I've always rapped. Like, whatever it is, they'll take over your whole persona and will convince the world that you are the duplicate and they are the original. So just look out for those red flags. If anyone tells you, oh, my God, we have so much in common. Okay, cool. You know, that's a, a boundary statement where you could be like, okay, I see what you're saying. And then you could kind of go from, you know, left to right with it. But when you start hearing them say, oh, my God, it's like looking in the mirror. Oh, my God, you're my twin. Oh, my God, we're just saying, you know, anything like that. And you start seeing them wearing similar outfits and shit. Be careful. Run for the hills. And you might even want to. You know, it just depending on how cool you are with them. You might want to tell them, hey, I think you should go and see a psychiatrist, you know. And, um, yeah, I would love to tell that to, you know, my crazy <laughs> um, twin mirror syndromer. I hope that she was able to get some type of um, psychological help after a while because that's some crazy shit to sit there and say, hey, look, let's go to the mall. And you just are watching me to see what I touch. Like literally everything I've touched in the mall that day, she went back that night and bought it. I was like, wow, that's amazing. So when you see people like that, run for the hills. And just like the psychiatrist said, like a lot of them don't even know that they're doing it. or don't even understand what it is. It's just because of the lack of identity, the lack of self-awareness. And they just weren't able, they don't have their own voice. So they look for it in other people that maybe inspire them. Maybe they admire, but they don't admire you to the point of like, hey, I admire them. I respect. They admire you to the point that they want to absorb you, suck you in. They want to be you and then destroy you in the process because they, they cannot be you if you're up and about, 
you know, and you're living your life and you're making your mark. So they have to destroy you, destroy your name, destroy your reputation, destroy everything about you so they can be you. Fucking makes sense. It makes sense. But um, like I'm going to just say it again. Look out for warning signs. When you see chicks trying to match your outfits and, hey, hey, no, 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 no. We're not in high school. We're not doing that. If you see a chick trying to say, oh, my God, we have the same taste in men. No, 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 no. We're not doing that. If you see a chick like, oh, my God, you're my twin. No, 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 no. We're not doing that. Nip that shit in the bud because those people are crazy, clinically crazy. Okay? So anyone out there, if you see that happening, nip it in the butt. I'm here to tell you I've been a victim of it. It's not cool because what will happen is, you know, it's just like they say a fool and a wise man arguing after a while you won't know who is who. It's the same thing with that twin mirror syndrome shit. If after a while you let that shit slide, they're not going to know who the original or the duplicate is, right? And we can't we can't do that because there's always originator, never duplicator, right? So you keep that in mind, guys. Something I wanted to share with you, I thought that was very interesting, very enlightening, and it's true. And y'all could look it up. Y'all could look it up on YouTube or, you know, whatever. Twin mirror syndrome or mirroring twin syndrome. I don't know. It's one of those two. But um, very interesting. And the, the lady was saying ways to prevent that from happening is basically it has to start as a child. You can't really curve it or change it around or turn it around as an adult because it's too far in you're too far into it right you've done it several times so that means basically by the time this person got into me they probably twin mirrored a few chicks before they got to me so it was probably a chick in high school that she was obsessed with being like you know then a chick in college or whatever she was obsessed being like you know maybe a girl at her job that she was obsessed being like but I wasn't the first one because they say when someone does that, you're you come across them. This is something that they do. So even after they feel like they might have, you know, taken, absorbed your identity, they will move to the next and do it to someone else. Like if they see something like, oh, my God, this one, you know, she's a fashion designer. I want to be her. I could do what she do. You know, it's just weird. It's a fucking weird thing. But um. Yeah, they say like nine times out of 10, this is not something that has just started with you. In some cases, it could be like, hey, they just really were blown away by you and you did start it. But nine times out of 10, this is something that they've done before, you know, because they had, they lacked the identity of themselves, you know, and you can see it like after I saw all of that and then I read a little bit into it, I was like, yo, that shit is so true. That is so true because... Yeah, no identity, no voice for self, no imprint of self, you know? So, yeah, I've seen that. So be careful out there, especially ladies, because they say it happened to ladies a lot, which I can see that too because, you know, women tend to be very competitive. Women tend to be concerned with how other women look, be more concerned with who's wearing what, who got what on. So it tends to um, drive women crazy that competitiveness and if they see some is basically like I know you're good looking I know you look better than me so I'm going to try and look like you you know I see you're winning I know you have a sense of style so I'm gonna take your style so in some cases some people might be like oh that's you know impressive that's flattery that's so cool no it's not like look at that movie single white female you know what I'm saying? Or any weird movie like that. 
where people assume other people's identity. That shit is crazy. You know what I'm saying? And the person that's doing that has a mental issue. Mental issue. You cannot be okay and, you, you know, you just seeing yourself in someone else like that. Like, it's not your real twin. It's not even a brother or sister. And you're like, oh, my God, I can just see myself in you. We're twins and all that crazy shit. Like, that's a fucking mental basket case. And I would run for the hills. Trust me. I'm talking from experience. Run for the fucking hills. But um, I wanted to segue into another thing of, like, it's kind of, like, on the same vein. You know, like someone sees how something is potentially working for you, or maybe they can see the potential in you or in something that you are working on and they want to snatch it from you because they want to get the credit for it. They don't want to let you have the credit, right? I've recently come across um, an artist from the 90s called The Notorious B1. Okay, so that's segueing into the second part of this show, which kind of kind of goes the same hand in hand, mirroring people and taking people's identity and then basically taking it like your own and then leaving the person who really is the originator of the style and the identity, you know, holding the bag for, you know, lack of a better word, like you leave them stuck or making them look like they're the thirsty one or they're the... um duplicator or they're the copier so and i'm gonna that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna play the song his song at the end of this episode just so you can hear what i'm talking about and you tell me if i'm wrong you can tell me if i'm wrong or if i'm right but um in 1992 i believe 91 92 he had a song called big daddy and his song was doing good he's from memphis i believe his song was doing good um it was bubbling in his area so he said you know what i'm gonna make a demo and i'm gonna send it out to record labels he sent the song out to every record label he could find once he did so um he heard nothing back so he put out his album he he continued to do his indie music until a year or two later he heard a rendition of his song on the radio the song, as we know it right now, is called Juicy Fruit, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken. And his song was called Big Daddy. And the artist was the Notorious B.I.G. The Notorious B.I.G. We already know who that is. Biggie Smalls, right? So Biggie had a song that he took from this guy from Memphis. Now, some people would say, um, yeah, some people would say like, oh, you know, Biggie's an artist. This guy's not like no one knows him. No one ever heard of him. It's Biggie's, you know, Biggie's the originator of that style. Even down to not only his name, but the way the guy looks, right? I think, I think Biggie <laughs> took his style, right? He, the guy's name was the Notorious B1. The Notorious B1. 
and Notorious B-I-G. Like, he could have just been the Notorious Big, right? But the way he had to spell it out, B-I-G, like Notorious B-1, you know? So as as time went on and we know everything, we would say, oh, Biggie's the originator of that style. But was he? Or was he the twin mirror? You see what I'm saying? Do you see where I'm going with this? And I know there's a lot of people that be like, oh, they, a lot of people take songs. A lot of people remake songs. I just found out Mr. Telephone Man by New Edition is not the original. It's a remake or whatever. Just like, um, you know, she's just so many different artists. Reggae artists took a lot of country western songs and made it into reggae songs, you know. So I understand that. I understand that. I know, and I will always love you was by Dolly Parton, but the version that we know and love was sang by, performed by Whitney Houston. So I know that, you know, it's out there that people do it, but that's the thing. It's one thing to remake a song and say, Hey, this is my version of it. Right. Because you're also in the same vein, giving homage or paying homage to the originator of the song is another thing to take the song, mirror, image, even your name, you change it a little bit to to reflect or to resemble it, repackage it, and then boom, that's one of your breakout hits. That's one of your breakout hits. That's crazy. Really, really crazy. So um, this year, 2022, 2022, like more than 30 years now at this point or close to it, they are finally recognizing that the the song did not start with Biggie. It started with Notorious B1. Unfortunately, Notorious B1 was fighting for years to get this type of recognition and credit to no avail. And I get, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, you know, he's poor, he's broke. I don't know his status, but, um, I could pretty much imagine trying to fight bad boy and uptown MCA back in those days when you're, uh, um, indie artist coming out of Memphis, those are big dogs. So I'm pretty sure that was a fight that, you know, as an indie artist, you probably like, man, I I don't even know where to begin to start this fight, you know, and the internet wasn't around back then. So my word in my small Memphis town versus you guys who's on every coast to coast with this record, which is originally my record, my word is against yours. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people did not know, like myself, did not know that um, it was from a rapper. Oh, and I stand corrected. I, th- I think I've been saying Memphis the whole time. Shout out to P Valley, <laughs> but he's from Mississippi. So it's big daddy, the notorious B one big daddy's the name of the song. And he was from Mississippi. It's a real song. It used the same sample that juicy used, which derives from juicy fruit from Intume. Um, decades after the tragic death of Christopher Wallace, the song is making its rounds and the rapper is talking. Basically, the ask, ac, the accusations is that he was ripped off for his song. And I kind of wrote a little ep- excerpt for you there, ebonically, <laughs> from allhiphop.com, just to kind of let you know there. So you can go over to allhiphop.com, allhiphop.com, you can Google it. You can also just type in Notorious B1, 
articles will come up, everything. So he went on to say that he went from Biggie Smalls to Big E Smalls due to a lawsuit by Calvin Lockhart in 1992. Then he became the Notorious B.I.G. in 1993, the year that Notorious B. won from Mississippi, dropped his single. Oh, so no, he dropped his single in 92, and then 93, he came out with B1, with, with Juicy Fruit. Notice on the song in question, well, and I'm reading this excerpts for you real quick. It says, notice in the song in question, Biggie says, from the Mississippi down to the East Coast. And also notice B1 named his song Big Daddy. Biggie named his alter ego Big Papa. I know some of you is going to say, oh, F this. That doesn't mean anything. Biggie's the man. And I get it. Biggie is not here to defend himself. He, this is, but these are facts. So this is not like I'm just, you know, pulling some shit out the air. I'm literally going to play the guy's song for you at the end of this episode here. But, um, it's a dangerous, it's a, it's a, a horrible world that we're in. You know what I'm saying? Dangerous world that we're in. So let's see here. Let me just read a little bit more. It said, Biggie named his alter ego Big Papa. I know some of you can have um, shit right under your nose and not smell it, but that's not going to change the fact that this is no coincidence. One similarity is one thing, but several along with mentioning the man's state in the song in question is a bullseye. Biggie used the J-Ru to damage a flow pattern in the song he dissed him in while allowing J-Ru's good friend and producer DJ Premier produce and engineer the song unbeknownst to him until he heard it, a particular bar. Biggie fi- And then he finally told him, hey, yo, that was about you. So if you know hip-hop and you know the song flow and story and would also know Biggie kept using that flow in other songs, in closing, Biggie only needed a name and a hit which he got from B1. And that was a normal practice and still is. Big is an amazing MC, and this takes nothing away from that. He was great without Juicy, but Puffy stole ideals and names that came from B1. So I'm just reading the excerpt from allhiphop.com. That's not my allegations. That's not my words. That's from allhiphop.com. Some people say that Puffy made him do the song. Some people say, you know, Biggie heard the song and he, you know, he needed a radio hit and he took that and ran with it. Either way you look at it, I wouldn't have agreed to it, me personally, as an artist. But then again, I'm not signed to a record label like that. So I don't know those type of logistics. You know, I'm an indie label and I kind of run things over here. So, yeah, we kind of answered it. We beat to our own drum over here. But if that was me, it would have been a big no. Some people are like, well, that's his biggest hit. It's a classic, so you would have given up and forfeited that. But then look, 20 years later, because they always say what's done in the dark will come to light. You know what I'm saying? Just like that, Um, I thought I was crazy when I had a fucking single black female. But um, in reality, it is actually a, it's actually a clinically mental disorder, right? And it just makes you feel good to know, like, that's that wasn't anything I had to do with me at all, you know? So I feel like with this guy, with this, everything happening, it was able to vindicate him in that same sense. Like, look, I am notorious B1. I am big daddy. I originally had this song with the juicy sample in it and everything. If you listen to the cadence of that song, 
if you listen to like like I read in the excerpt, he says from the Mississippi down to the East Coast. So he literally shouts out where the guy is from in the song. It's almost like add insult to injury. Like, dude, you know I got this from you, and I took it. You know, so all of that, you know, I don't really know how to feel about that. To be like, you know, oh, this is F them niggas. This is classic. This is history and whatever. Yeah, it is what it is now, but at the expense of what? You know what I'm saying? Because um, the originality and the creativity has to go to Notorious B1 for that. Because he was the one that came up with the original concept, the original song. And everything that we know for Juicy basically came from Notorious B1. So um, how does that work? You know, I see it a lot, though, in the industry. Like I said, I just ran on a list earlier of just older artists that we've done songs. You know what I'm saying? We got, you know, Whitney Houston did Dolly Parton's song. We have, like, reggae artists is notorious for doing all country western songs over into a reggae song, you know? Um, we have old school songs like Earth Angel from New Edition. I remember Earth Angel, and I thought that was an original when I heard it back then. And that song was from the 50s, you know? So you always see it where they're going to be recycled. We know Elvis took everything from anyone that was black. We already know that. So you just see it over and over again where they take them, you know? And um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's right because, you know, I, I'm an artist. And I would not, I'm sensitive about my shit. I don't want nobody taking my stuff. You know what I'm saying? I think I'm going to show up and bombs over Baghdad. That's probably why they're like, nah, leave her shit over there. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I just feel like um, it just kind of make me feel jaded about a lot of things that I knew and love when it comes to hip hop and just music in general. You know, like a lot of people I'm noticing are always trying to tell you to be original and always trying to say like we're looking for the next best thing but in reality a lot of it is recycled you know what i'm saying like if the more if you really look in depth it's recycled you know what i'm saying like if a beat has different sounds in it people don't walk with it but if that shit got a fucking loop or a sample that's been sampled eighty thousand times they're running right through it they're going to gravitate to it because familiarity is a thing. If it's familiar to you, it's going to make you comfortable with it, you know? So they'll tell you all that to me. I feel like that's the hustle and that's to keep you out, you know, out of the lane. You know what I'm saying? You know, to keep you down or at bay is go. We need something original, create something original. We need you to do something original. So they're going to beat you down with that. But everything that's winning is not original. So that's something to think about. You know what I'm saying? This one, I'm not going to keep y'all long. I just really owed y'all an episode about the Big Daddy. And I really wanted to tie these two topics into each other because I really feel like they are going hand in hand. There's a lot of people out here that lack self-awareness, lack sense of self, lack sense of just who they are. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't, they never found their voice you know, and so they look at other people for inspiration and they, they admire people who have a voice, who have the ability to, um, stand for something, even if they don't have nothing to stand on, you know what I'm saying? Like, or, you know, like believe in something or believe in themselves at the very minimum and just, you know, embrace themselves. Those are the powerful people. And is a, is a few and far between amount of us like that. And then, the rest of the people, and I'm not saying like, oh my God, you guys are, are few and far between you. The rest of you guys are followers. No, I'm not saying that at all. You know I love y'all. And I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying like, you know when it's an original 
and when it's a duplicate. And you could tell when someone has like their own unique sense of style and when someone is just like a follower. You know what I'm saying? You could see it. And then it comes down to the music as well. You could see it where some people be scared to even, you know, give an artist a, or a certain sound a chance because they don't know if the vast majority of public will like it. And then it's not until maybe the vast majority of the public likes it that they'll come back and be like, oh, Ganga, I knew that joint was going to pop. Yo, you know, and then they then try to show you love. Am I mad at that? Hell no, because some people catch it earlier than others. But it's just the mirror syndrome, the twin mirror syndrome, and the taking of styles. It got to stop, you know. So I'm happy that, like, you know, in the case of Notorious B1 and Biggie, I'm happy that dude was able to at least become vindicated and knowing like, hey, I wrote this song. This is my song and I never got recognition for it. Puffy knew he could have, you know, whoever. I'm not going to say Puffy because, you know, I got mad respect for him as a businessman, but I get it. Somebody could have paid that man a little 10000 a little 20000 for his troubles, you know what I'm saying? Like, it'd be like, yo, boom. And I get it, you know, because technically speaking, the beat is in Tume. So in Tume, got to, you know, clear that sample. We don't need to speak with you about that. And then, you know, certain other things, you know, we speaking with the producer. We're speaking with them. So I get it. But he still was the artist. He put that together and you took it and gave it to Biggie. So something, I'm happy that he was able to be vindicated and be able to get his story heard in 2022, as well as his song. And honestly, you know, like if you go on YouTube and listen to the song and read the credits, a lot of people like the song. You know, some people you got, you know, some diehard Biggie fans would be like, yo, Biggie for life. You know, forget this dude. He's never going to be Biggie. His song is wax. You know, that that's just the diehard fans. But if you can really listen with an open ear and be like, um, let me check it out. It's not a bad song at all. And then what makes it crazy is like, this is what was coming out of Mississippi in 1990, 91. Not bad at all. So the song that everyone, you know, New York summertime, Juicy was the shit. You know what I'm saying? Like summertime, New York, Juicy. That's it. And to know that it was a Mississippi boy that blew it up for New York boy. Twin mirror syndrome at its finest, I guess. But um, you guys tell me, and, and and I'm reaching with that because that means like he would have had to hung out with him. He would have had to like been his friend. He would have to went to Mississippi and drove around the hood with dude to kind of get more of his style. So I'm not saying that Biggie did that. I don't know all the dynamics and saying that because that's really where like tw twin mirror syndrome comes in. Like they're really studying you like homework. You know what I'm saying? But I will say like this song and you listen to it because I'm about to play it here for you in a few minutes here. I think he twin mirrored the song because he studied it like homework and was able to flip it. And to me, it's just like, yo, I feel like um, as an artist, I could just speak for myself. The easiest verse that I could write is remixing someone's song. That's just me personally. The easiest thing I could do is be like, oh, you want, okay, I could flip that and do a remix to it because you already got the blueprint laid out in front of you. So all I got to do now is just kind of flip it and tailor it to, to me a little bit, but still keep it in the vein of your original. Easy peasy. So, and you can see where that was done, and you can see how it was effectively done. Now, am I saying like, hey, you know, they should do it, boom, 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 or it's wrong? I don't know what to say about that at this point, because for 20, 30 years, we, what we know was a classic, I'm now feeling jaded about. You know, like, is it a classic? Did, you know, should we be giving credit to you know, Biggie and Puffy for this song or 
should he be trying to get some money, some back residuals from the sales and credits or whatever, or, or did they ever work it out? I don't know. But, um, yeah, you see that a lot, you know what I'm saying? And even ideals and concepts, you know, you that's why they always say keep your ideals close to your vest. And don't really share too much with people. And, you know, I've learned over the years as well. Another thing is don't try to do too much um, putting other people on. Like, I know it sounds crazy. And just hear me out for a little bit. When you get to where you need to get to and you're in a position to put people on, do, you know, act accordingly. Do as thou wilt is what I say. But if you're in a position where you're still trying to get where you're at and, and I'm talking from experience, you know, this is probably why I end up getting caught up in situations like twin mirror syndromes and why I'm, you know, not as famous of a rapper as I believe I should be, you know, is because I step back a little bit from my focus and my path to try and bring someone with me and trying to help someone out, you know, and that can hurt you in the process because what happens is when um the twin mirror get they get where they're going, they're gonna bash you and they're gonna let them know that you are the biter, right? You were never the original. The person that you helped get there, they're gonna bash you and say, "Yo, the, I, they never helped me, and I'm not helping you." This half the time they won't see you, and half the time they'll be the ones that are bashing you, so to make sure that you don't get up to where they can get to after you help them get there. You know, step on my shoulders, go on up. I'll wait for you to pull me up. Psych. Don't do it. So I always tell everybody, you know, keep your ideas close to your vest. Um, even if you feel yeah, you're cool with someone, maybe everything ain't for everyone. You know what I'm saying? Because what's going to happen is eventually will be that people will, um, you know what I'm saying? They'll take your, your stuff. And the next thing you know, you'll be looking crazy. And then you'll, you know, you'll be like Notorious B1 where they'll be like, um, this, my song. And I did this. And I'm like, nigga, we never even heard of you. But then now years later that we have the internet and we have stuff that we can able to sit down and decipher the lyrics. And like, damn, not only did he take homeboy song, he shitted on him in the song. He said from Mississippi down to the East coast, you know what I'm saying? Like let you know that he's going to be big everywhere with your song. So just be careful with stuff like that. Um, further, just lets me know I'm not bugging out when I be feeling like some stuff be a little shady, like, mm, seems like an ideal I had or that song sounds eerily similar. You know, I know, it makes me feel like I'm not paranoid. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know Erica Badu. I'm just like Erica Badu. I'm sensitive about my shit. So I know everyone is probably a little bit more like, wait, what? Vigilant when you're hearing something that sounds iotely or remotely close to yours. Yeah, you're going to go off. But, um... At the same time, I think this is why we should just be mindful of who we collaborate, be mindful of setting out stuff. You know what I'm saying? I know everyone thinks like, oh, you know, this day and age might be a little different because a lot of people want to be indie. A lot of people prefer to, you know, take the reins and control over their own careers musically versus having a, a record label sign them. But just be, be careful with who you're soliciting your music to, you know, be careful who you're, who you, who you trust, you know, because some people are like, oh, I license music and then you'll send them some stuff that you're like, what the fuck, what's my cut? And then you're like, oh, I do stuff. It's just, it's just so many different ways. And I feel like the artist, the original artist, we tend to get the short end of the stick. You know what I'm saying? While everyone else gets the glory, the checks, the Grammys and everything else will get the short end of the stick. So be careful. You know, keep your ideals close to the vest. Do not share if you need to. If you need to share, write it down in the journal. That's going to further allow it to manifest without letting someone's negative energy or spirit intervene. So that's what I would recommend. But um, 
I'm done with that because I didn't want to leave you guys. I kind of want to just leave you with some food for thought more, per, more so with this episode versus me just coming in like this is wrong. That's wrong. Whatever like that food for thought twin mirroring syndrome. Is that something that's, um, have you experienced that? Have you had a friend do that to you or someone? And if you did, how did you react? What was, how did you get out of it? Like, how did you end up you know, winning or what happened in the end. Feel free to share that with me. You know, I always want to know. So you can share me, share with me. You can comment, hit me up in the DMs, however you want to do it. But I'm curious to know, like, how did you come back from that? Right. And then as an artist or any creative thing, like any idea, like any original thinkers out there, did you have any of your ideals? Like, did you ever see some of your ideals come to fruition without you? And you're like, oh, shit, they took my ideal. Did you see, you know, something that you created, someone took it and did a duplicate of it or did a, their rendition of it? You know, if so, how did you go about getting that taken care of? Did you just take the L? Did you fight for your, your product? What did you do? I want to know that as well. But um, it's out there, guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, before when I used to say stuff and I know like especially when I was younger I was very vocal and a lot of people don't want to hear the vocal person they say who speaks the loudest get hammered the most and it's true so I've been hammered and battered and bruised I ain't even gonna lie but do I give a fuck fuck y'all no not y'all but the niggas who try to batter and bruise me I know when I say stuff I'm not gonna say I'm the you know everyone learns and grows every day so I'm not gonna say oh I'm 100% there I know this that and the third I'm not gonna say that but what I will say is from my experience some things that I used to be feeling like I'm paranoid or people will gaslight you to make you feel like you're paranoid years later in my adult life I'm looking back and hindsight is 2020 and I was like no Colleen not only were you right now that you're seeing it you know clearly with clear vision you are very justified in taking whatever action you need to do to regain your boundaries you know so I say this to you guys what did you all well not say but I ask you all what did you all have to do to regain your boundaries were you twin mirrored did someone take your creative art um your creativity or your artwork or your art and steal it from you or take it and reshape it into your own what did you do how did you get around that? So that's the stuff that I would like to know because um, at the end of the day, there's a lot of it going on out there. You know, and sometimes you feel like you're alone or you're going through something that no one can relate to. And then you, whoop, lo and behold, on YouTube or, go, you know, lo and behold on Google, you'll find a plethora of people going through the same thing. So all I have to say is you're never alone. And I just want to say, if you find yourself twin mirroring someone, maybe you should seek help. Like maybe seek therapy and talk to someone before thinking that it's okay. You know, if you find yourself obsessing over someone and you find yourself um, wanting to be them or studying them like a math problem, therapy is the way to go. I'll just leave it as that. But until next time, guys, you know how I do. I don't want to hold you long. I always say spread that love and also love yourself because you can't love me if you don't love you. And you also know my other saying, if you like it, tell a friend. If you don't like it, tell a friend. Because either way, it don't hurt. Hey, so you know how we doing. Gongali, Kaleem, She Can Talk, podcast, spread love, spread it all. Except for the germs. We don't need no more of those. But love each other. Love on me. Love on you. You already know how we do. And until next time, y'all stay blessed. Peace.